0: Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler free review for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Mr. Snow, let me ask you one final time what are The Hunger Games for? Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. My name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Special thanks to our friends at Cineplex Pictures and Lionsgate for inviting us to see this movie early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, and all things Geek-Centric. Joining me for today's review, we have my two favorite tributes, Megan and Justin. How you doing?
1: Doing well
0: doing well we're alive we're alive yeah Uh, wouldn't do well
1: in the games i wanted to actually
0: that's literally what i because we were talking about this as we were leaving the movie like who would do who would fare well so uh, just on the record here megan uh do you think you would be able to make it as a tribute in the hunger games no
1: (laughs) i'm gonna give it that i don't think i could Turn barbaric at all. I do not know. But could you do I the could. other side of it, right? Like I could if you hide. Were,
0: could you do like art for people and like, whoa, and then they you know, Paint maybe a get a rock sponsors on my face. that way? <laughs> or become a rock person
1: like pita. <laughs> <laughs> uh I mean I could try. I really think that I would just be this is how I play video games too. I'm I take the sneaky <laughs> tactic. Okay. I never go in guns hot. Yeah, i if there's a way to like like, sort of like
2: cheap. sneakily kill everyone sure sure Mm -hmm. but
1: yeah no i don't think i'd last very long
2: (laughs) (laughs) justin yeah i don't i don't know i think i probably like i I think when people are pushed to a life or death situation and i think this Mm -hmm. is what the movie highlights is that that kind of brings that out of you in a lot of ways and that's why we see some of these tributes you know who are so kind and you know nice and then suddenly they're just vicious they're animalistic right they Mm -hmm. they kind of uh become what the Hunger Games is meant to do. It brings out that sort of survival. So you have that in you, Justin? No, I, I don't I, like again, I haven't <laughs> no. it hasn't been tested, but I, I don't like, and I don't think I would it. I don't think I would survive and win, but I, yeah. I think, you know, there's a sense of you know, if you think about the things that you have in your life you that you, you want to fight for, then you'll fight for it. And I think that, that's beautiful. that's the drive. So like yeah, if I was in a situation and it meant that I could see My wife and my daughter again, I would fight to the bloody end until, you know, I put it in there. So if it meant that I had to. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not someone who would start a fight, but if yeah. you no. start it, I'll fucking finish it. <laughs> <laughs> He's Marie,
1: the hey, little down. white kitty in Aristocat.
2: Yeah. You hear me, <laughs> Nate? You hear me?
0: Listen, I'm not even <laughs> up against you in the Hunger Games. I'm okay, I'm joking. sending you donations. I'm just joking. Again. <laughs> I am not too proud yeah, to admit that the I'd capital. be. I'd be living in the capital. I'd be eating macaroons all day and then
2: drinking that stuff. That you'd that have like you that sick. paint. Yeah, you'd have that like painted look oh, to dude, your yeah. face, and you'd yeah, have like no eyebrows. You'd have a cake, You talk like awesome you'd like to talk like uh uh james gordon but like you'd have like a really pompous accent to yourself oh look at him look at yeah. him fall on his ass oh it's lovely that would be you for sure but Capitol. i'd
0: still be i'd still be a better actor than him in uh, cats um that said <laughs> let's get to the synopsis for this movie the hunger games the ballad of songbirds and snakes follows a young coriolanus uh who is the last hope for his failing lineage, the once-proud Snow family that has fallen from grace in a post-war capital. Uh, With his livelihood threatened, Snow is reluctantly assigned to mentor Lucy Gray Baird, a tribute from the impoverished District 12. Uh, But after Lucy, Lucy Gray's charm captivates the audience of Panem... Snow sees an opportunity to shift their fates. With everything he has worked for hanging in the balance, Snow unites with Lucy Gray to turn the odds in their favor. Battling his instincts for both good and evil, Snow sets out on a race against time to survive and reveal if he will ultimately become a songbird or a snake. Whoever wrote that, kudos to you. Uh, This movie is directed by Francis Lawrence uh, and the movie stars Tom Blythe, Rachel Zegler, Peter Dinklage, Hunter Schaefer, Josh Andres Rivera, uh, Jason Schwartzman, and Viola Davis. Uh, The Hunger Games, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is in theaters November 17th. So I want to talk about what we liked. I want to talk about what we didn't like. I think we'll start with uh, what we liked, uh, and I'd love to kick us off with uh, just talking about the world of Panem uh, that this movie delivers. We're getting a really different, much younger Panem, uh, but it's one that is still clearly ravaged by war, and we get a little taste of that, understanding what that war actually looks like. Um, but then we we go, you know, fully into this sort of bloodthirsty, early hunger games. Uh, and I think the movie does a really good job at world building in general to sort of flesh out some of the aspects of the original films. And I, I think I, I dug seeing the games in their infancy and seeing just how much smaller they were. Um, but at the same time, kind of like, this is going to be a weird analogy, but like, kind of like how Nintendo does so much more with so much less in a very dark way I found that this version of The Hunger Games was able to do a lot more uh, with less. And I thought that was really intriguing in a very simplistic way, but in a very intriguing, brutal way.
1: Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that. I think it was so wild to watch a version of The Hunger Games where the technology was not a player. Yeah. That did not come into play yet. It was like... They try things out, they're starting, (laughs) Um, which was a really fun thing to see referenced like, you know, this is new still. Um, And also, you know, the intensity of what at its core the Hunger Games are. You really get all of that stuff stripped back and this is a raw version of what the Hunger Games are. So that was a really cool thing to see. And like you said also, early Panem right after, or not Panem, Panem's the whole place, but uh, the capital, mm-hmm. still very fresh off of war and rebuilding and, you know, it's its its own character that you're seeing in its early stages with a lot of trauma and they haven't glossed a lot of it out yet. Um, it's so pretty in the first two movies. So right. to, see, to see it in this like,
0: Sort of, sort of
1: covered yeah, exactly. Covered in rubble stage
0: stills. It's covered by makeup. Oh. Yeah. Oh.
2: Well, I feel like it's 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 in the point it's at the point of rebuilding itself where we see them in this movie. Whereas, you know, obviously in the uh hunger game movies that have come before it, it the capital is fully evolved it's, it's They're so it's glam at, yeah it's at its status right it it has its you know pearly pearly white buildings and tall buildings that look over uh you know it's lush um, here it's definitely you use the word infancy. It's it's definitely in that state of of feeling like it's it's getting out of of this war. There's cranes, mm-hmm. you know. There's buildings that are still destroyed. Um, you know, I I do think though the movies spent a lot more, the, the previous movies did spend a lot more time showing us the capital than this film did. But that said, you do get from the small glimpses that they show us uh, a sense of um, archaic. Um, dated technology and, and just maybe because of recent recent biasy uh, it feels very tva uh it feels very local sure. tva technology where it's it's mm-hmm. it's new like there's a facetime call that was probably the worst facetime call i've ever seen in my <laughs> life but it's it was it was uh it was funny how it was interesting how they Im- implemented uh Technology in a way to kind of help date and show some of that different differentiation and how things were mm-hmm. still at, at a point of rebuilding and also the Hunger Games themselves. Like we saw the Hunger Games in, in the original movies with full tech and things that were you know holographs and things that were moving and spinning and you know here it's just an arena. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it it really does show you the polar opposite of of where they came from, um, which again to your point, Nate, like. It's not a lot of world building that we see in comparison to what we've seen before, but it's enough that really does establish we are in a different time period.
0: But also in ways that inform what we've seen before, right? Like there's some really subtle callbacks to the original films, and there's also some really not subtle callbacks that we will get to, (laughs) I will get to when we get to Didn't Like, trust me. Uh, But there's little moments or even... um, Costume design touches that I think go a really long way to keep hardcore fans happy. Like, for me, I loved uh, what they did with Hunter Schaefer's character Tigress, uh, who is, she's also great in the movie, but her mm-hmm. character, uh, Sno- uh, Snow's cousin Tigress, her eyebrows, um, the way that they're they're sort of, um, I guess bleached they're dyed out. bleached out, right? Mm-hmm. And her overall style and her look looked very Effie Trinket. Yeah. Yes. And it's cool to sort of see that, like, Maybe, she, you know, we know her as sort of the the uh, by the time we see her in the other movies, she is like the out there fashion person like that always has just the most amazing looks. And I, I like the the idea that she sort of is creating the trends within the capital so that by sure. the time we get to a character like Effie Trinket, we can see her almost like, yeah, it's kind of a retro look or I I was inspired by Tigress. So I think that's I, I love the, those Subtle aspects in the way that they can have these mo- this movie as a prequel inform uh, the sequel series
1: mm-hmm. and sort of flesh out some stuff. I think that maybe the almost like the way Clone Wars the animation mm-hmm. shows us stuff we didn't get explained in those Star Wars movies. This gives us information that was like not needed necessarily, but they they give us the information that we didn't get in those first movies, which is really cool and. I mean, story-wise, just, yeah, very, very cool to see a story that is, you know, informing a character that we know in a very
2: different light. Well, he's a one-dimensional character, right? Like, he's not really, like, he's just the villain in those movies. So here we get more dimension to his character that that feels, Mm -hmm. you know, earned and and warranted and and Mm -hmm. validates some of the decisions that he would make. In in, in In the the future future. in in those in those movies. So, you know, I think that uh, to your point, the story, I felt far more engaged in this story, this one story than I did the entire series of movies. I I actually really enjoyed it. I think that there was, you know, there was uh, a real intrigue in in terms of understanding his character because, yeah, you know where he's going to end up, but you want to know how he gets to where he gets and when we get to didn't work maybe it's it's they could have gone a little bit further with that um because it does feel like this is a bit of a touchstone to more that could happen but that said it, it is really interesting to see the relationships that he had the things that were motivating him at the time uh, especially mm-hmm. when he was he's young and he's a student uh you know there's there's a, a real sense of of learning and and earning this character uh, of snow along the way Uh, that gives a sense of validation and and actually gives more appreciation for those movies and uh, to a certain degree because I wasn't a fan of those those original four movies and I think that this movie was definitely far it it grabbed my attention a lot more and had me more intrigued and maybe it was just because of how serious it took itself and how how um, how less teen dramedy it was and more drama uh you know it, it, to a certain degree so i feel like it, it had the it had the nuances of love romance but you know i don't know people weren't kissing every friggin' 30 minutes to <laughs> sure. remind us of like some weird ass triangle relationship i don't know sure <laughs> there's
0: there's aspects of of some of the romance in the film that that works and doesn't work for me i think um overall though like the it the movie still retains that gritty tone uh, that the franchise is known for. And you've got the messages on, you know, um, political propaganda, classism. Um, but then there's also more, like, obviously hopeful sides to things with with characters like Lucy Gray or uh, Sejanus uh, Plinth, who just really show that humanity isn't fully lost in Panem. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some intense moments even before you get to the games themselves in this movie that i just want to make sure people are aware of um that like had me sort of like thinking like it's crazy how we can get away with some of this stuff in a pg-13 movie as far as some of the violence um that and, was pg-13 <laughs> yeah it's a pg-13 movie and then there's there's kind of i i understand but there are some Not always. brutal <laughs> moments some brutal kills some very shocking moments as well i think i counted at least Four or five jump scares. Jump scares? At yeah. least from Megan when she was jumping. <laughs> I think you hit all all of the jump scares every
1: time, every time.
0: Um, but yeah, no, I, I think there's there's definitely if you're a fan of the the tone of the original movies, uh, and I think especially the, like Mockingjay, I think falls uh, in line yeah. with a lot of sort of the themes and stuff that they they show in this movie. But I I, I will agree with Justin, maybe not for the first movie, but I do think this movie does do a lot of this stuff better than uh, the sequels, the, the second, third, and fourth uh, movie. Um, Absolutely. I think the, the as we mentioned earlier, like the limitations of some of the technology they have, um, I really enjoyed some of the creative and dark ways that because they don't have that technology, they use the flora and fauna of the world, specifically uh, the way they make use of, of Jabberjays, Jays, um, which hits just as hard as it did... Uh, I think the first time they sort of Mm use them in that way in the franchise. Um, But uh, I'd love to talk about performances. uh, And I'd actually like to pass it over to Justin to start off with. uh, You pick whoever you want to talk about.
2: Uh, well, <clears throat> I think the uh, I I think the, the the standout, even though this is a story about Snow, I think is is Rachel Ziegler as as uh, uh, Lucy. Like I think mm-hmm. she Lucy Gray, by the way. Sorry, I didn't say the full you got to say the uh, full name. Lucy Gray. Her name is Lucy Gray. Every time, Lucy <laughs> Gray. It's Lucy Gray. Um, I like at first introduction. You know, she's sort of playing the damsel in distress motif a little bit. Then she kind of uh leans into this this sort of strength and heart that her character has and i, I think she she actually was a, a showstopper she, she stole the show in, in, a, in a lot of ways um and, and i think she she did her she did a great job with what she was what she was given and, and how she acted it and i think she kind of brought a sense of theatricality to it that that really did did work and fit for the, the motif of, of the hunger games. And I think she was like, she was great as, as that, but on the parallel, to just uh, juxtaposing that you have someone like also who was just so intense on screen was, was Viola Davis. Um, yeah. and I think she, she was, she was a very interesting antagonist, uh, um, amidst these, this, this group of, you know, uh, high life, capitalists who are you know running this this game i think she was the game the game game master game master yeah so she was she was terrifying she was terrifying so those were two standout performances in my mind uh but the end like you said the entire cast was was solid phenomenal
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i think um i think viola davis i think was the first moment i actually got chills uh, in the movie was when she speaks uh, it might have been one of the few moments that I got chills, but it was it was still very <laughs> chilling. She she's, she's horrifyingly evil. She's playing such a, a classic villain, but not in a cheesy way, uh, right. in a way that still, like, her line delivery still has such weight to it. And uh, I think we get so much more of her than I anticipated, and I'm really happy to say that. I think you can really see where Snow finds his inspiration in her, and there are a few sequences with her where you just, I couldn't just help, like, but just stare at her, even if she wasn't speaking, um, because she gives this, like, her costume design is incredible. She so she good. She's, like, she's everything you'd want in a mad scientist, but add capital fashion onto that. You know what I mean? Like, she's got, like, these deep red gloves, and her hair and her freaky her eyes. eyes. Oh. She's so demented. She's so yeah. demented,
2: and you think about it, it, you'd have to be demented to be a game master. Oh, like, absolutely. To, to, to think of ways that... How can people to kill each other? That. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, and to come up with that, so you know she's great in everything she does, and she's she just she delivers in this in this movie. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Megan,
0: was there anyone that stood out for you that you wanted to kind of highlight?
2: I
1: mean, like I'm glad I get to be the one to talk about this first because I will say one of my favorite characters in the original Hunger Games movies is Stanley Tucci's yeah. uh, Flickerman. And we love a second Flickerman Ugh. by Jason Schwartzman. He is the absolute perfect comedic relief in this very intense movie. He plays Stanley Tucci's character. It's obviously not the same guy. I think Might maybe be an his ancestor? grandfather yeah, or Yeah, they're both Flickerman. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he plays his own version of the very first host of The Hunger Games. And I think that is like so fun to see him like trying new things and like seeing how he can make this his show and he's he's so funny and so strange and quirky and it's very entertaining to watch and i think very necessary in movies like this that can be so weighted and heavy and very intense when we're talking about the human experience and he's so light and fun and silly so i absolutely loved him there was no weak point in his performance at all in my opinion um it was super super fun to watch him on screen
0: yeah he 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 seems to steal every scene absolutely uh, that he's in and i i think but it's it's funny because yes he's it is funny but it's also like the darkest parts of the Capitol propaganda machine rolled up into a newscaster. Like he's a newscaster at the end of the day, but I like the the most laughs in our screening. And I think out of any audience, I think will come from uh, everything he does. And I just, I love how he's the only one who is so into what he's both saying or doing at the time more yep. than anyone else in the yep. room, he's the one that's enjoying himself uh, the most. And yeah, he's he's Caesar Flickerman. He's standing right alongside Stanley Tucci in, in that uh, in that style of role, and he's just so damn good.
1: Yeah, and I also think we can't talk about the performances without mentioning the great Peter Dinklage. Oh. Not on screen t- as much as I thought he was going to be right. in this movie. But fantastic. Every single second he was there, he demands the, the audience, he demands your attention, and he is so powerful in his role. And also, there's a, a strange turn of events with him. Can yeah. I say that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so.
1: Yeah. He, he's not who I thought he was, which was fun, because I wasn't expecting him to be who he was
0: yeah he reminded me a lot of um uh, like bradley whitford's character i mean this might not hit for you uh, megan but in the handmaid's tale um they, oh, they're not. just these these men who are uh are are in a specific point in their life where they're just reconciling with what they helped to create and you see that in his performance you see that in every single moment i i think to your point of not, we didn't get as much of him as you expected. Um, we didn't get as much of him as I wanted after seeing yeah. him in the first few minutes. I, I He's so integral to uh, the major moments of the plot of this movie that it. I think it's unfortunate that there just wasn't that little bit more of him that I think mm-hmm. could have really helped to uh, round out some of the the, the character motivations and moments uh, in the film, especially throughout like the third act. Yeah. Um, Justin, was there anyone else? I mean, we got to talk about Tom Blythe, obviously our Snow.
2: Yeah, Tom Blythe was 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 great. I think he, uh, you know, he definitely had a sense of um, uncertainty about mm-hmm. you know what was right, what was wrong. Um, I think, obviously, as we know where his character will end up, you know, he sees the bigger picture. Spoiler alert! Yeah, right. He sees <laughs> the bigger picture, and, and he understands what's going <laughs> to happen. Um, but I think he. Again, much to what uh, Rachel Zegler brought, I think Tom really does bring a very emotive performance Mm -hmm. that felt more real and grounded than any of the acting that ever came from those movies before (laughs) in a lot of ways. And I think that's what I appreciated from this movie is that you're a Law. You should be a fan of JLA Law, Justin. I am just a saying. fan of j Law. I'm just not a fan of JLA Law in Hunger Games because I rewatched <laughs> these movies leading into this, and I was yeah. I was I was just as as uh, uh, disappointed with those movies as I was way back when when everyone was going like Oh, Hunger Games, Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I'm like I don't mm-hmm. know what's so crazy about it. <laughs> um, but I do think that again, this this entire cast delivers a, a very again emotive, very grounded gritty performances that that are feel tangible and and yeah some of them might feel a little character-esque like Viola Davis's character might feel like that but there's just such an energy and such a dementedness to her performance that it feels really real yeah and it works really really well and then like on the other side of that like we, we talked about Hunter Schaefer and how sincere and how soft and gentle she is she is so she's 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 so great in this in this movie I think yeah, I, I, I want to see more of her because she's, she's in Euphoria and I, I love her in there, mm-hmm. in that show. She's, she's a much different character. So to see her in, in something like this, there's just such a, a, a great sense of <clears throat> sort of honesty to her performance, very much yeah. like how she's in Euphoria, but just on a different level. Just She almost seems like the voice that can connect to Snow in a lot of ways. Well, and I think
0: you know that voice, you, you see it in Tom Blythe's Uh, performance sort of Mm -hmm. in the back of his head you you there are a lot of moments where you do get to see him feel hope and you you see his in 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 his emotive performance like you're saying Justin like his um there's there's haunting moments there's moments that are scary uh, and you start to see the the snow that he will become uh and I think for the most part um I I think his, his performance absolutely works. I think Rachel Zegler's performance, she, I think she's captivating it a lot of times as well in her performance. Her accent uh, took a little bit for me to kind of get over. I I, I I understand that maybe that's baked into the character. I haven't read the books. Um, I, if it was a choice, I, I think it was the wrong one. But other than that, I, I get that it adds to her charm of her character and she's supposed to be like this charming, like Southern kind of. But bell, see, but... I, I
2: also think though, because she's, because the the character of Lucy Gray is very much a performer, you hear the accent go up in sort of a performance stance. But when she is talking with, you know, Snow and other people, it's less it's less. She obvious. doesn't put it it's, on as much. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Sure. So like, so maybe I that's think that, where I was a little. But I, taken I think aback. that makes that makes sense for for at least it worked for me because at the times when her accent was really thick, it yeah. was usually in, in in a performative level.
0: I just don't know if I would send as many donations to her as a capital uh, resident uh, until she started singing because I do think her singing is oh, uh, beautiful. really beautiful in this yeah, movie. Yeah, they lucked out. You they can tell out. why she yeah. was I mean, Maria. there's a reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, before we move on to didn't like, I do just want to also shout out Josh Andres uh, Rivera uh, in this oh. movie um, who plays, uh, what's his name? Sejanus. C- 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 um, the names, by the way, names in the Capitol. Crazy, crazy name. Uh, <laughs> but he plays Sejanus, and he actually reminded me. I don't know if you guys got this, but he reminded me a lot of a young Vincent D'Onofrio, both in how he looks, but also his acting capability. Like I just got this like vibe from him that was very D'Onofrio esque. <laughs> I
1: I can see. I've googled now, Vince Vincent D'Onofrio, and I can see the look part of it.
0: Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah, Daredevil, yeah. right? I yeah. don't know. I got a lot of that from him, and I think is I think he's he's a, a standout like I, I think oh, I enjoyed what he did in West Side Story and there's some really powerful moments here that again like we're talking about like feeling that emotion like I think in in Zegler's performance when she's singing you you really see it and then I think anytime this guy talks you can tell there's so much like sort of so much stuff going on in is in his mind of of that yeah. weight and very similar to Dinklage's character of sort of feeling so much responsibility for what's going on <laughs> and, uh, guilt. and guilt and Immigous and and uh, guilt yeah and he's just i thought he was i thought he was really really fantastic so mm-hmm. just wanted to shout him out as well um but let's get to maybe some of the things we maybe didn't enjoy i i kind of want to um start with some of the moments of dialogue really stood out as forced in certain moments, very awkward. I must trust me. I'm a sucker for callbacks. Okay. And, and I love <laughs> references to previous things. I'm a hardcore star Wars fan. So I know the difference between subtle and forced callbacks. And again, there's some really great subtle callbacks to the original movies. Um, but there are also some that I think when in our screening, at least brought out audible laughs uh, in yeah. certain moments where you could just like, people were feeling so uncomfortable by the, the line of dialogue that they laughed and it it unfortunately it takes away from what would be really good moments with the characters on screen with Lucy Gray mm-hmm. with Snow and very um like heartfelt moments but they have they have to sneak in these little references or these little moments of dialogue that just don't work again there's subtle ones that work really well with like certain things that are placed in the arena or uh certain gestures that characters do and certain costume moments like I talked about but there are also just these ones that
2: just—I don't know—they oh, rub me the like wrong cringy way. Cringy, uh. some of them. Yeah, oh. I-, I rolled my eyes a couple times at, at yep. certain moments where I was just like, "Okay, that was a little heavy-handed." Whereas yeah. the other things were were really, you know, they were planted well, right? Yeah. You know, little things that were more in the background, things that might have just been said, and you just you hear, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I don't think it's it's any spoiler to say that you know the. This the song "Hanging Tree" that's featured in the first one. It's it's heavily featured here, mm-hmm. um, and and I I enjoyed that as a thread. And I think what they do really well with some of these these elements uh, is is really create a parallel from this period of time and to those pa- those those films that would take place in the future, and why you know District Twelve was so important to. Uh, what why why District Twelve might have meant something more to Snow. Why that mm-hmm. song meant something more to Snow. Um, I think in a lot of ways it it, send, it 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 serves to sort of validate, like you were saying, Meg, validate some of those elements. But yeah. then they you get like some some really like you guys were saying cringeworthy eye rolling like God that could have been handled so much better. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Or or even just things that are just like why what why why are you calling it that? Like it just yeah. didn't make any sense yeah, whatsoever. Yeah.
1: Expositional but unexplained right references that were like why why did you do that yeah yeah
2: my biggest pain point with this movie uh, which I think is the pain point for all of us is the final act of this movie uh, the 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 third act of this movie is so misplaced from the rest of the movie the first two acts cook man like they are they're they're good the pacing's good the acting's good I'm really I'm I'm feeling engaged and then you get to this third act. And it just grinds this movie to a halt. It just stops. The momentum stops. It's it feels tonally different. It feels like a, a whole other movie, in itself. That mm. that's just kind of tacked on to what was a very, I think, energetic first two acts that had me engaged and I was like really interested in. Um, and then yeah, it just the final act just grinds. And there's probably really important elements that are obviously very key to Snow's development they character. absolutely yeah. But I just don't know if like either they were given enough time or too little time uh, that, again, it could have just been its own movie. It could have been part two of this story. Um, and, and I think that that probably would have been the better way to go rather than condensing it to what f- was probably an hour or less of time and just tacking it on to the end of this movie. And I, I think that... That's where, like, suddenly I was like looking at my watch in that final act. I'm like, okay, this this can wrap up any time now. I think we've seen the best parts, but it kept going. Yeah,
1: yeah. You you're talking about pacing in the first two acts. It's it's fast. It's good. You're, it's Hunger you're Games. Ready. Yeah. You're there. It's yeah. intense, and then all of a sudden, this third act feels slow. But then also, you don't get enough time with the story and the character development and the need for that so that the end is important and it feels very disjointed and yeah, just like a big pacing problem at the end.
0: Yeah, we get some really sort of sharp, uh, let's just say decisions made uh, that that I just find that like th- they're not justified enough or at least they don't feel like they are. Uh, and I think it lessens the impact of the finale too much I think that you know I really enjoyed the ideas that are in that third act but but like you're saying Justin it it should have been two movies which is unfortunate because Francis Lawrence said in, in an interview that Suzanne Collins suggested that out of all the movies that this one because it's based off the longest book should have been split into two films but he said that there was so much backlash against Mockingjay Part 1 and Part 2 that he's like, I can't, I don't want to repeat that. I'm just going to make a long movie. So I can't be too upset at that decision. I understand it. But the difference is, is at that time, you had all these movies coming out where their finales were being split into a Part 1 and Part 2. So A, it was trendy. Um, B, studios probably saw like, oh, that's going to make more money, money for us. Twice as much um, money, yeah. Right? But the the major difference narratively and from a plot standpoint is you have a thin thin story that you are making you're, you're spreading out into two movies unnecessarily and here you have a thick story um, that that really should have been thick thick. split up it's too thick, thick. Um, too many and seas. yeah and I I, I just I just found it really, really unfortunate, and and again, I, it it takes the wind out of your sails a little bit. A hundred percent watching this movie for it, sure.
2: It totally does. It just it's it sucks out all the energy that you had for those first two acts, and you're just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it, it's trying to be like a a, a moody character study. Uh, final act and it it just you know there's just not enough there to actually like again there's probably very key important elements but I I think that because of the pacing of that final act and how rushed it is things are glossed over things are are just like okay accept 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 let's move on kind of thing and you know in the first two acts there was a little bit more time to you know intention to get to specific moments there's just none of that in the final act
1: yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, my personal experience was very intense and a lot of adrenaline running through my body like I could smell my sweat because I was sweating so much watching this intense second act. And then, you know, when you Put get like, super amped up,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I could smell, I could my, smell sweat. my sweat <laughs> <The> second act. <laughs> but,
1: you know, when you get like so hopped up and so like such a big adrenaline rush that then you're like cold and shivery because your body's like coming down from this crazy high. Mm. That's what I felt in the third act. I was like, "Oh, now I'm like cold and disconnected because I had was so intense and then it just sort of had to fizzle and I don't have the energy anymore." And it yeah, it was unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And it's like it's almost an hour long and yet they still choose to make these things go by so quickly that just even further proves the fact that there's so much story that they could tell. And again, these really important parts for Snow's Life. Um, just before mm-hmm. we get to our wrap-up, I do want to uh, just quickly mention um, the visuals and not in a positive way. I did... I. I <laughs> I just, I think, again, the early age of Pan Am and the Hunger Games, the tech that they do is really well done. Justin, you mentioned the TVA and some of the aspects that felt similar there. I think it's it's scaled back enough where they've got a small arena and very limited ways to engage with the tributes. And I enjoyed how, at times, it felt like an old school telethon that you would see where they're raising donations, uh, yeah. and especially with Flickerman there. But But I just felt as though the environments that they're in were so green screened and when you are when you've got a, a, a the chance to show a scaled back version of these movies and these environments you you gotta go more practical and I don't know what the budget was for this movie and I'm, I'm not sure I'm I think it, it's a Hunger Games movie so I would imagine it's big but maybe it went mostly to the cast but like I just there were just so many moments where I was like the movies from over a decade ago there were moments that looked much better there than they did in this one um and I just I don't know I would have loved just a little bit more practical um because I think they could have achieved that I don't know I don't know
1: yeah I mean you're ta- we're talking about seeing Pan Am in, or uh the capital in this totally separate different early generation And it was cool, but also like we saw very little of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the movie wasn't about the Capitol, but also it kind of was. Mm -hmm. And I think we only really ever saw that fountain square in three different states. We saw it in the war before the Hunger Games inception. We saw it in these early stages, fresh off of war, fresh winners of the war. Mm -hmm. And then nearing the direction towards those first Hunger Games movies. But only ever in that one little section shot. with the fountain. It's very
0: synthetic looking. That's it. Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: It, it, I think that stood out as a very synthetic, like, very fake shot. Yeah. I think the arena at certain yeah. points did. Uh, Reminded me a lot a, of,
0: like, Attack of the Clones arena.
1: <laughs> District yeah. 12, too? Yeah. With District the sta- the stacks, like, the...
2: Oh the, right, the, yes, uh, no, yeah, I, I, I could, I could see that. I, I don't think I noticed it as much there because okay. you had like probably some a little bit more of like natural space that you're kind of blending into. But yeah. like, like there's a there's an action set piece that happens in that arena, and it's like, well, this is all CGI. Yeah, they're right? climbing on green
0: boxes there for sure.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. well, for sure, maybe. But like th- that sort of stuff, it makes it makes more sense for that to be practical, like rocks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's a big event that happens in that arena. And, you know, oh, yeah. people are standing around and it's like that is all just CGI. Right. Like, yeah. And it just it just screams CGI. So, you know, yeah, I, I think I think the the allotment of budget was probably given to this cast because yeah. they're, the, they're the best <laughs> thing to celebrate about this movie.
0: Well, let's celebrate them one last time as we give our final thoughts and rating for this movie, uh, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five swamp potatoes uh, that's for hardcore Hunger Games fans who've read the books and know a little bit about what that means but we won't spoil it for obviously people that haven't don't know what swamp potatoes are but go ahead Megan how many swamp potatoes are given this movie
1: well I again we talked about the performances being really fantastic hard to pick out much that was wrong there and I think it's okay that those Sean because this was a performance driven movie It was all that really you needed to see a lot of Mm close-ups. So it was obviously meant to be specifically about the characters. The background wasn't that necessary. I don't like a cringy moment. So that was hard to deal with some of those callbacks. And like I said, I had a huge adrenaline rush halfway through the movie. And then it just fell super flat. So... I am <laughs> uh, probably not gonna go see this movie again on purpose. Mm-hmm. If it's like pops up and I'm in a Hunger Games mood, maybe I'll watch it again. So I'm gonna give this two and a half swamp potatoes. Oof! Damn. Five.
0: Okay. That low. I
2: thought yeah. you were higher than
0: that. All right, Justin. <laughs> no, I know you're super high all the time.
2: Bro, uh, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what well, are you? I, any
0: swamp potatoes? Are you smoking? I,
2: well like I, I feel like you know again I, as I, as I was mentioning you know this film this movie has sorry this movie delivers a solid first two acts uh with a momentum that kept me engaged and that felt very hunger games and, and 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 different in the sense of there's tension and there's 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 excitement and it's around characters like we were saying it's it's less around the actual hunger games but it's more about the the characters and and I, I really appreciated that um I think the story had depth and it, it featured Outstanding performances, as as we mentioned, from the entire cast. I think Tom and Rachel, their chemistry uh, at times was very captivating, and then as we mentioned, the last act it just kind of rolled into like here we are. Uh, Vi- Viola Davis was was devilishly evil, and I think Hunter Schaefer was fantastic, uh, and she was definitely another standout. Um, but yeah, Rachel Ziegler she she stole the show for me. I think she she definitely delivers a, a very emotional performance. Uh, I think she's she's definitely. Uh, learning as she goes with this whole acting thing. And she brought the best that she could towards it. Um, And I think she, she, she knocked it out of the park. Um, But like I was saying, the, the, the fault of this movie is the last act and it really just, it's, it's how it, how much it grinds to a halt um, and, and slows the momentum down. It feels like an entirely different movie uh, from, from the first two acts but even with that, though, I would still say that this is the best of The Hunger Game films. Wow. Uh, so I'm going to give it a three out of five uh, swamp potatoes. Look
0: at you. Um, okay. I, uh, I've, I've been a fan of these movies uh, since the first one from over a decade ago. Uh, I even read the first book. And if anyone knows me, I don't read. Um, so that was pretty <laughs> big. Uh, the book is better than the movie. Sorry to say. Um, but I will say... I was so captivated by the ideas in this series back then um, and I still am and I think as the movies went on I you know you could start to see the faults in them but it didn't stop me from you know overall enjoying the film I think I'm in that same place here for the for the first two acts of the film I think the performance is obviously like we've been talking about them from the majority of this cast the the world building the the uh, brutality of the simpler Hunger Games I think really works to hit the nostalgic beats for hardcore and casual fans um, but the the final chapter of this movie just goes so far out of its way to stuff additional story in that that they don't even take too much time to really flesh out even though it feels like a really long time and I just felt like it did a disservice to these characters and their ending um, and I think Suzanne Collins was right. I think this should have been two movies. Uh, I think if you're really into Hunger Games, you're going to enjoy it no matter what. I think if you're like wearing the pins like I was, you're going to be like, yeah, I rock with this movie. And I, I do, for the most part, I, I think I do rock with this movie. I just think that like even even still, even if you are like a hardcore Hunger Games fan, you're going to feel the length of the end of this movie, and and it's going to cause you to lose that energy that you would get from that first half. I think you'd have to be really dedicated to to still be super hyped at the end of the film I think Um, and if you are that's great for you Uh, but for me uh, I'm giving The Hunger Games The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes uh, a three out of five uh, swamp potatoes I I was actually sitting at a two five earlier and you know I think as we started talking about the performances and and that cast it really brought me up because again It's rare that I feel chills when a character speaks, but shout out to Viola Davis. Come on. So good. Uh, But that is it for this spoiler-free review of The Hunger Games, the ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this movie or any of the uh, shows or movies we cover, well, I nominate Justin as tribute uh, so he can tell you how you can reach us.
2: Uh, well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on X, formerly known as Twitter, at geekcentricYT, or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric.
0: It's just calling it X now. That's where we're at.
2: X going to give it to you, bro. Uh,
0: Apparently. Uh, Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest uh, releases, like our spoiler-free reviews for the Netflix series, Blue Eye Samurai, uh, Invincible Season 2 Part 1, David Fincher's The Killer, uh, Goosebumps episodes 1 to 5, and The Creator. We also have some great interviews out now, like our most recent interviews with the creative team behind Loki, where Justin had the chance to sit down and speak with Dan DeLeo, who's uh, directed episode 2 two uh, kazra farahani who directed episode three is also the lead production design on the show and Christine Wada, uh, who was the mastermind behind the excellent costumes on the show. So he chats with all of them. He talks about their individual journeys within the production, as well as the collaboration uh, that they all sort of worked on th- the show together and-, and different aspects of that collaboration in crafting Loki season two. So check out those interviews uh, and all of our interviews, either here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, plus, we're going to continue with our Watch Club for Loki season two uh, with episode Six, um, later, like later this week, I guess, or next week, we'll have the Watch Club out. Um, but the episode on Disney Plus, the finale, should be out uh tonight if you're listening to this on the day that we've released this review. Uh, Also, join our Discord, we'd love to talk you about this movie Uh, on the Discord. Uh, we'd love to talk you about Loki or anything that we cover. Um, you can join uh, our Discord using the link in our description. Uh, and uh, that's it, Megan, Justin. Thank you so much for joining me for this hungry, hungry review. Uh, and as we say, Peter, Love ya. Bye. Peace.